0: Five and uh, <clears throat> I promised my wife I wouldn't embarrass her today on her birthday, and so we had a good time though um, for her birthday. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, normally on birthdays we always go out and eat, and uh, she wanted just uh, a home grilled uh, elk burger. And uh, I'll say this much: I'm glad the restaurants weren't open, <laughs> amen, because we really enjoy that burger. And so that was some good stuff there. We had a good time. She. Um, Made some homemade french fries too and some homemade onion rings and everything else and just had a good time today for for her birthday and uh, looking forward to many more years and so truly thankful. Um, This morning we started in this uh, passage of scripture here, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and uh, as you know we're going through the Bible and so we were uh, part A and tonight we're going to be part B. Of this, and so um, just looking at a few things, and <clears throat> I'll give you some just uh, some background real quick as we cover some stuff from Sunday school, but then we'll um, pick up where we left off there. And uh, I forgot to give a, a theme for this book here, and so um, this is going to be the basic theme of the book, and it's simply this: uh, faith brings triumph, sin brings trouble. Um, faith brings triumph, uh, sin brings. Trouble, And so, um, 2 Samuel chapter 5, let's read verse number 10 here this evening. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 10. The Bible says, And David went on and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. And uh, let's go ahead and pray this evening. Father, as we come to you, Lord God, I thank you for the time that we can be in your house. I thank you for the blessings that you give to us uh, daily God, I thank you today for my wife's birthday, and God, just the time we could spend together, and God, just demand many blessings that you give to us daily, Lord, and God, we need you, and without you, we can do nothing, and so God, as we come to you now, I pray that you'd open our heart to your, our hearts to your word, God, that you'd speak to us, and that you would work through us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. So this book of 2 Samuel, um, historians say, was actually um, combined with, 1 Samuel and that it used to be one book and it wasn't a 1st Samuel, 2nd Samuel, but the division lies uh, primarily in that uh, the 1st Samuel, it deals with the main uh, person of Samuel who's a prophet and who was a judge. And they transitioned from a monarch or theocracy to a monarchy where God would lead the nation to where now they wanted to be led by a king. And whenever you read the instance that when they asked for a king, um, God said it wasn't a good thing. And their response was pretty much this, well, the rest of the world has a king, so why can't we? And it's just interesting, I've seen that uh, uh, growing up, even in my own life, uh, whenever there are certain things that I wanted to do that was popular with, uh, with the public school that I had went to and things like that, um, where everyone else is doing it, and my mom wouldn't let me do it, and I'm thankful that she um, had a firm hand on some of those things there. Just because the world wants to do something doesn't mean it's right, amen? And uh, we live in a generation of people that want to do what everyone else is doing, and pretty much... This right here is ever before us, and we're constantly comparing ourselves among ourselves, trying to be like everyone else. And the Bible says you compare yourselves among yourselves, and that is not wise. And so um, Israel wanted a king because the rest of the world wanted a king. Um, The rest of the world also was idolatrous and pagan, amen? Uh, But uh, you don't see that. But later on, they eventually become idolatrous and pagan. And so you see this trend to want to go toward the world. And so That's the transition of 1 Samuel, and they go from God leading them to now a man leading them, and that is uh, where Saul becomes the first king, and so Saul is the first king, and uh, we've said a lot about him, uh, but uh, he he wasn't a good king. Uh, He was presumptuous, Um, he overstepped his boundaries, he would not take responsibility, he was uh, sinful and proud. The Bible said there was a point when he was little in his own eyes, but uh, that was the past. and he became proud, and so much so that he became rebellious. and the very famous verse, uh, "Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft was applied to Saul because he was proud and did things his way and not the way God had ordered them. And so that's first Samuel. Well, the end of First Samuel, Saul dies and then you find the beginning of 2 Samuel, and David is in authority, but he takes the throne. And uh, we find that David is now ruling from Hebron, and he's there for several years before he gets the entire nation to be under him. And and so we find here that David, the Bible says, that the Lord was with him. And we read in that passage of Scripture again, um, chapter 5 and verse 10, And David went on and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Just again, a recap. When it talks about the Lord of hosts, it could be applied two ways, I believe, that both um, would fit David. Um, referring to the Lord of hosts, you look at the Bible, and uh, you see, um, you look up, and the Bible says that God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And it talks about that as the host of heaven. And when we consider that our God is creator is above those things. He is the the God of the host of heaven. And we see him as creator. And the creator was with David. And I'm thankful that we as Christians who are saved, the creator is with us. But whenever you also read about the the host of the Lord, um, you're reminded of Joshua, where... uh, Joshua saw God and he was the captain of the host of the Lord and that was referring to angels And like we said this morning in Sunday school, it's not some pansy angels with uh, wings, uh, like, you know, girly hair and all this kind of stuff, and little harps and everything else. When he was there as the captain of the host of the Lord, he's talking about angels that were ready to go and do battle. Amen? Um, Some warrior angels, and he was the captain of that great host. And David was a man of war, the Bible says. um, They called him a man of war. He was considered a youth, but yet a man of war whenever he went out and killed Goliath. And so David under that um, God is creator and God is captain. And regardless of whether it's captain or creator, simply put, God was with him. And I'm thankful that we as saved people, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Um, The creator is with you and the captain is with you is with you, and there's no greater captain than our captain, amen, and so I'm thankful for that, and so um, he was with um, David, and so you see that this creator, this captain, allowed David to grow, and when you read the book of First Samuel, it breaks up into to three parts, and I'll give you the basic outline, but we're not going to study that. Um, the first 10 chapters, chapters 1 through 10, it, it deals with the triumph of David. Um, God blessing David, and just you see things happening in David's life that are just amazing. But then you come to chapter 11 and chapter 12, and you find the temptation of David. And this is where he sins with Bathsheba. And when he sins with her, uh, he commits adultery he lies, he gets a man drunk, and the Bible says, woe that giveth his neighbor to drink, and you read that, it talks about um, giving people alcohol to take advantage of them, and that's what David tried to do with Uriah, um, that was a curse upon him, and then you find out uh, that he ended up um, ordering him to be killed in battle, and when all it was all said and done, several other men died with Uriah, so David... He stole a man's wife, he coveted, he committed adultery, he got a man drunk, he murdered somebody, and not just one person, but many people. Um, All that to say this, David blew it big time. He sinned. He sinned, and that's what it was, point blank. He sinned against God. He sinned against Uriah. He sinned against those men that were with him. He sinned against Bathsheba. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, the king comes and tells you to come. You know, your life may be at risk at that point. And and so I'm not trying to say either way with that, but the fact is this, that he used his power and abused his power. He sinned. And it was a moral failure, um, that sin. And so you find David... From that point on, facing trouble. and that's the rest of the book of Second Samuel. So you have the triumph of David, the temptation of David, and the trouble of David. And that's chapters 13 to 24. Um, he has a son who rapes a sister. He has uh, another son that tries to overthrow a kingdom. And, and you see division in his land. He wanted to build the temple, and God said, you can't build the temple. Um, you're going to prepare it. Your son's going to build the temple, but there's some consequences to sin. And understand this. I'm thankful that God forgives, but we must always remember there's a consequence to sin. And David faced some pretty harsh consequences because of that sin. It's a turning point in his leadership after he commits that sin with Bathsheba. And so... I'm the kind of person that I want to preach about all that David did that was wrong. Um, That's my natural tendency. But uh, let me say this here. Um, There's a lot that David did that was right. And we see that in the beginning part of his leadership. And so tonight we're going to look at part two of why David was blessed. Why David was blessed. Again, um, the central figure in this book is King David. He is known as a psalmist And he wrote, for sure, 73 psalms, but it's possible that he wrote 75, actually. Um, Some attribute two more to someone else, but uh, it's up in the air. But uh, regardless, we find that this man went from a keeper of sheep to a king of Israel. A rags-to-riches story. All that because of the blessing of God. David was very quick to give glory to God. And when you read the Psalms, you find it very evident that while God used David to do some great things, David understood who God was. And he understood how great God was. And he knew that it was God that leads a king. And he knew it was God that would order his steps. And he knew it was God that blessed and God that prospered him. And God was the one that received the glory out of all the victories David had accomplished in his life. And so you see here, um, David gave. Glory to God and understand this here today. I believe that David would have the same mind of Paul when it said, um, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It wasn't his strength, it was God's strength. Even whenever he went to go face Goliath, um, the Bible says that God delivered him out of the mouth of the bear and out of the paw of the lion, and that God would deliver him out of the hand of that uncircumcised Philistine. He knew that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And so he, he came to God knowing that God was able and that God would bless as long as he kept God first. And so David um, consistently gave glory back to God. Again, the Lord God of hosts was with him. That's why he received blessing. So, we see, ultimately it's of God. But at the same time, there are some things we as individuals need to do if we want God to bless us. You know, so often, um, I I heard a statement about this referring to... um, church planting and church growth and things like that because you know every guy that goes out and tries to start a church they somewhere along the way they read a book on church growth amen and they they want to learn how to grow their church because it's slim pickings and it's hard to start a church and and you see these um um, church growth books that are out there and we went to a conference once that changed my entire prospect it was a church planting conference up in inglewood colorado just outside of denver and a man was preaching and uh, he made a statement that i've always it just stuck in my mind and he says all of us church planters go and we try to do things and ask God to bless it. Why don't we just do the things that God blesses? Amen. And David did the things that God blessed. And so we're going to look here and see why David was blessed by God. Um, again, review from this morning. I'm going to just cover these things real quickly. But one, um, David was ethical. David was ethical. Uh, David was anointed to be the leader in 1 Samuel chapter 16. David went and killed Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and the people began to chant for David. David could, at that point, have taken the kingdom, but he understood his role. He understood his place. He understood that he he was not uh, ready yet, nor would God have blessed that. He could have taken the kingdom by force, but he had a good old-fashioned thing called ethics. He didn't outstep his boundaries. He knew what his boundaries were and he didn't cross over he didn't do things without the blessing of the leadership and understand this today if God is gonna bless our lives we need to learn to be ethical we need to learn to be ethical Uh, let me just say this here in regard to, to, to church life we have a pastor We shouldn't do things outside our pastor's knowledge as far as leadership within this church and structure within this church. We shouldn't try to pull a group off to the side and try to do our own thing and and cause a mutiny and things like that. It should not be so. You know, I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure Pastor probably um, gets tired of me at times. But I try to run every single thing I can through Pastor because he's our pastor, he's our leader. And we shouldn't be doing things off on our own when it comes to, to leadership within a church. And I understand we have our homes and we have our families and, and the pastor isn't the king in your home. It's in your home, there's ethics there, amen? Um, God gave structure, um, husband and wife and children. and We see that there in the structure of a home and work. There There's um, structure that's there and you shouldn't be the kind of employee that's backbiting against your boss and, and things like that. There, there ought to be some ethics involved in, in all that we do so that we're above reproach and and so forth and so people can't blame us and say that we're trying to cause division and and so forth. Uh, I know of a a situation in a church where the church had begun to compromise and go in a different direction and in that church there was an assistant pastor who was um, on the straight and narrow and wanted to keep things solid and people in that church began to flock to that assistant pastor and began to confide in him and before long, that assistant pastor had a following within that church. And that assistant pastor recognized, yes, the pastor is wrong in his direction, but he recognized, I'm not the pastor. And he left that church lest he cause a split in that church. Um, that's ethical. That's ethical right there. Yes, the, the preacher wasn't right. Let me say this here. Preachers are never perfect. Um, there will never be a, a perfect pastor. Understand this. A Saul tried to kill David. Yet David would not touch the anointed of the Lord. Now, a pastor may have, you know, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. He, he may have cut us every once in a while. But understand this. He's never tried to throw a spear at you. Amen. <laughs> and, and if David could, could keep things above reproach with a man that tried to kill him, how much more should we be ethical within our local church? We need to be ethical. God blessed David because David was ethical. God blessed David because David was peaceable. Uh, the, during the time when David took the kingdom, there was another king that, that ruled pretty much the rest of the tribes of Israel. And Jada ruled, uh, excuse me, David ruled in uh, Hebron and Judah, and uh, there, was some another, there was another king. And instead of causing division and fighting and trying to, to take the throne by force, whenever a man came to him to talk from the other kingdom, he set out a feast before him. And he blessed him. His name was Abner. And you find that he made a league with him. What was that? He was peaceable. Didn't Jesus Christ say, blessed are the peacemakers? Amen. And David was peaceable. He didn't try to take the kingdom by force. He knew that God in his time would bring things according to his will, and so he was peaceable. He wasn't a bull in a china shop uh, just trying to cause problems and, and get glory unto himself. He was peaceable. Um, David was honorable, and these are all things we covered in Sunday school. We're going to get to a few other points here. You say, what do you mean? Well, that other king David had made a covenant with. They tried to make a league with them, and some men went in and uh, killed that other king in his bed. I don't know why he was in his bed at noon. Maybe he had COVID. Amen. I don't know. But there he was in his bed at noon. And these two men went in there and killed him. And David said, hey, you remember when there was a man that came and told me of the death of Saul and he thought he would get a reward and I killed him because of what he did? Look at here. I'm also going to take these men's lives because they killed a man that was innocent. And they did wrong. And David said, look, God is going to give me the throne, but I'm not going to take the throne by unrighteousness. I'm not going to take the throne by, by sin. I'm not going to take the throne and take advantage of an unrighteous situation. In fact, I'm going to do right by this man's family. And he took the men that uh, had done that, and they killed them in that man's place. And they cut off his hands. And they cut off their, their feet and hung him up in a pool and said, look, this kind of stuff isn't going to fly. We're going to do the right thing the right way is what David said. He was honorable in what he did. He did the right thing the right way. And so those those are things that David did personally that I believe God blessed. Uh, he, He just had good character. Amen? Just an ethical, honest, peaceful person. That was David. King, a warrior. But a good, ethical, honest, peaceful person. In fact, whenever you read the book of Proverbs... A lot of those principles I mentioned, Solomon writes to his son. Where do you think Solomon learned those things from? He learned them from watching his dad. He learned them from seeing how his father had led a nation. And so you find here that David was uh, just just a good man, and he did that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. And so you find here David was uh, ethical, David was peaceable, David was honorable. Now, we're going to look at David, and we're going to see some, some different things here um, regarding his own life here um, within himself. Uh, next, um, David was spiritual. See, he was a spiritual man. Now, w- when I say that, I-, I believe that his spirit was in alignment with the Spirit of God. See, Saul, I believe, was a spiritual man, the king, but I don't think he was in alignment With the Spirit of God. See, why is that? Well, whenever Saul had one of his first battles in the book of 1 Samuel, the Bible teaches that they had commanded them not to keep any of the animals, but to kill all of them, utterly destroy all that was there. And whenever Saul came back, Samuel the prophet said, what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep? And not bleeding, but bleating, the, the noise that uh, sheep make and, and uh, you know, bah, all that kind of stuff that they do. And so uh, I'm not going to do any more animal impressions, amen? But uh, um, there, there's the sheep there, and, and they should have they killed them. But Saul said, well, we brought them back for sacrifice. And... That's where we get the very famous verse where obedience is better than sacrifice. In fact, let's turn back to to 1 Samuel chapter 15 real quick. 1 Samuel chapter 15. And we'll look at verse number 8. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 8. And I want to draw a point here of the difference between Saul and David, and David being spiritual in alignment with the things of God. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 8, the Bible says, and he, referring to Saul, took Agag, uh, the king of the Amalekites, alive. God said to utterly destroy, but he took him alive, and it says, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, um, that they uh, destroyed utterly. So, God said to utterly destroy everything, but they did what they wanted to do. And when they did what they wanted to do, look at the response in verse number 14 here. It says, actually, let's go to verse number 13. And Samuel came to Saul. And Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. He lied right there, straight to his face. He lied right there. And it says in verse 14, And Samuel said, What meaneth this uh, then this bleating of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them uh, from the Amalekites. He didn't take responsibility there. Uh, see, that, that's the thing about a person like Saul who's proud and uh, um, presumptuous and, and uh, they, they're, they're not right with the Lord. That they, they won't take responsibility for, for their sin. He said they did it and he blamed someone else. And then it says, there, um, it says they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord. Look at the statement, thy God. I thought he believed in the God of Israel. I thought he was an Israelite. And, and you see that there's no relation there. And it says, and the rest have we utterly destroyed. He comes first, blessed be thou in the name of the Lord. And here he is talking all the spiritual talk. He knew how to play the part. He, he, he knew what to say in order for people to think that he was right with God. But the truth always comes out and he would not take responsibility. He threw the people under the bus and ultimately it showed the fact that uh, um, he really didn't have a good relationship with God. And he said that when they did it, it was, why? Again, in verse 15, to sacrifice. Now, let me ask you this. Was Saul a Levite? No, he wasn't. Whose responsibility was it to sacrifice? The Levites. That was their role. And Saul overstepped his boundaries. Again, unethical. He overstepped his boundaries and did something he shouldn't have done. And so you see here, Saul did this and he said it was the name of sacrifice. He came in saying, blessed be thou of God. And so Saul was trying to be spiritual. But understand this, he wasn't spiritual and he wasn't in alignment with the spirit of God. There was a spirituality there, but it was a carnal Spirituality. It was a, a fake spirituality. It was something that he was able to portray to people and look like one thing, but under he was something else. The Bible uses a word called guile is what that is. And that word guile is where we get the the, the word disguise, where you you, you are one thing underneath, but you put something on top. And that's exactly what Saul was. Blessed be thou of the Lord. But underneath, we find that uh, he he was presumptuous. He was proud. He he was unethical. he, He was out of order. He was insubordinate, if you would. And you see this in Saul. And so that's how Saul was. But David was spiritual. And he was in alignment with the Spirit of God. And so when we think of that, let's go to the book of Psalms. And we're going to see here a psalm that David wrote. And we're going to see this uh, um, spirituality of David here. And, and as you, you turn there, um, Psalm 19 is one of my favorite psalms. Is it talks about the creation of God here. And so Psalm 19, it breaks things up into a few... Sp- thoughts here and we're actually going to finish the the rest of the points about David here uh, out of this but uh, let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 19 and beginning in verse 1 the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard, referring to day and night, um, sun and moon. Um, Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words unto the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat, Thereof. And, and so we read that passage of scripture, and David begins to talk about creation. And in the talking of creation, we find that David ultimately is giving glory to who? The creator. And you see that there in verse number one: the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handy work. And you find here. A complete different spirit than Saul. When Saul was talking about the Lord God, he said, thy God. But when you read this here, it's as if David has a relationship with God. Um, who would have thought that creation could have a relationship with creator? But David did. And he looked out to the creation of God and he saw the creator through it and he gave glory to the creator. A pastor often talks about whenever we go up to Truchos, it's so high up there that you could just reach out and touch the stars. Amen. And and that's I, I talk about this over and over again. That that's why I love the wilderness and that's why I love the mountains. Because when you are out there, you, you see the the work of God. You see just amazing things that only God himself can do. And when you see those things, it strengthens your faith in God. And it strengthens your relationship with God. You look at that, and you see the bounty that's in the land, and it's just, wow, what a great God, amen? You know, and we were talking this last week, and, and Lulu, she came up to me, and she has some carne seca, amen, some beef jerky, and she I said, where'd you get this from? She goes, the place that's called Onions in Spanish, amen? And so Cebolla's... <laughs> that is and, and I I laughed and, and we talked a little bit about um Going out and out there in Hemis, there's a little river out there, Savoia Creek, and and the other uh, last summer, um, Anthony and I went out to go find some mint. We're gonna go try to start our mint empire, amen. And so we were out there looking for mint on the, on a little river, and and we began to, to dig, and before long, some some onions popped up, amen. And we found some onions and some mint, and, and you know there's raspberries that are out there, and and all these different things, and and you know we're out there in our VBS uh, last summer there in Truchas, and, and uh, we are, are our camp, and and there we were, um, and I went out and found a bunch of raspberries and I was all excited finding raspberries but it was so dry this summer they didn't hold that much but there we were eating wild raspberries amen and it's just a blessing you go out and you see all the bounty that's there you see the order you see the structure and you look beyond that and that didn't happen on accident there's too much order and structure for nothing to explode and here we are amen but you see David saw all of that and he gave glory to God. And you see that he was spiritual. He, he, he knew God. And he gave glory to God. He, he was a real follower of God. As pastor says, a real Christian. Amen. He was the real deal. But not only was David spiritual, we also find that David was scriptural. See, because here's the thing. The rest of the world sees the same creation as we do. It says there that that in verse number 3, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. We see creation. All the world sees it. But the fact is this, not all of of the people of this earth worship the God that created them. And so it's not enough just to be spiritual. You need to be scriptural. David was rooted in the Word. You look at verse number 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You read these things, and these are legal terms. These are things whenever you go to a, a, the, the city council and you try to get permission to build a building and there's an ordinance here and a law there and, and all these things, things that you got to abide by in order to build a building. And David said, look, God has given us some things we need to abide by, and if I'm going to live my life, I need to live it based upon the guidelines that God has given. And so you see here, he's scriptural. And then he says in verse 9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Um, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. And so you find here, David said, look at yeah, I may be king, and yeah, I have all the riches that a king has to, um, that, that they have. But more than the gold of this earth, we need to seek after the righteousness of God, the word of God. And so you see, David was scriptural. Um, he was the kind of person that he did things, and, and it was, there was a chapter and verse behind it, so to say. Now, back then, they didn't have the chapter and verses the way we do, but he, he knew the law. He, he knew um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Chances are he probably knew them by heart. And he would meditate upon them day and night. And the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And David was a person who would meditate on the Word of God, and he would wake up in his bedchamber and think on the Bible and think on the Word of God. And he knew that he couldn't judge outside the direction of God. And so David, yes, was spiritual, but David was scriptural. And see, understand this here. There, there's a generation that I see, a lot of us in our churches are trying to be spiritual and leave out the scriptural things. And that's where compromise comes in. I've seen it the other way where people are scriptural and they don't want to be spiritual. And they're they're full blown what we would consider legalist. And you have to have that balance. And David had that balance. He was spiritual And he was scriptural. And you see that in the heart of David. So David was ethical. David was peaceable. David was honorable. David was spiritual. David was scriptural. And lastly, David was correctable. You look again at that verse. It says, verse 12. Who can understand his errors? Referring to himself. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, meaning I'm going to overstep my boundaries. I think he said that because he knew of a king who overstepped his boundaries and who was presumptuous there. So you see, he's like, he's, I'm not going to overstep my boundaries. God, keep me from those things. Even though he's king, he calls himself a servant as well. Uh, that, that has to do with being correctable, amen? Understand that today God wants us to be servants, Um, The greatest among you will be the least of you. Amen? And so you see here, David was a servant. And it says, keep thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them also have no dominion over me. Don't let me be controlled by my ego is what he's saying pretty much. I'm not going to be presumptuous. I'm not going to overstep my boundaries. And don't let those type of sins have dominion over me. Don't let me be controlled by my pride. Don't let me be controlled by my ego. And then it says there, um, Then shall I be upright, and um, I shall be innocent from the great great transgression. Um, Let uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Um, Imagine... How great life would be if everything we said, we said, God, I wanted to be acceptable in your sight. I know I've said things that were not acceptable in the sight of God more often um, than I have. But David had that spirit, and what that tells us is this David was correctable. Can I ask you a question here tonight? If someone comes to you with a fault, will you let them tell you that fault? with humility, and be correctable. David was correctable. Let's go back in our Bibles to the book of Second Samuel. And uh, we'll go to 2 Samuel, here, chapter 12. 2 Samuel, chapter 12. This is after he had sinned with Bathsheba. And remember, a prophet approached, we'll go to 2 Samuel, chapter 12. A prophet approached Saul and called him on his sin. What did Saul do? He blamed other people. He didn't take responsibility, he lied. He would not be corrected. But David is completely different. He was correctable. Second Samuel chapter 12 and verse 1 the Bible says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb which he had brought and nourished up and it grew together together with him and with his children and did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was um, unto him as a daughter and there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man and he said to Nathan as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. Now remember, David's always been honorable, and he wanted to keep things above reproach. And he said, this infuriates me, that someone would do this. And you look at then verse number 6, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and he begins to talk of the good things that God has given to him, and he compares that to Uriah. Uriah had his one wife, and David had multiple wives, which we don't agree with, amen, but that's another time, another story, and I'll let pastor answer that question there, amen. But uh, um, nevertheless, you find that uh, he, he was like that rich man, and he stole this man's wife. And when David was confronted David admitted his fault. David confessed his sin. David was correctable. He was correctable. Look at verse number 12. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. And David said to Nathan, look at this, I have sinned. Amen. And it says against the Lord. But, you know, we were talking the other night in church and we said that, uh, you know, there's um, some statements you should learn how to say. Say you know, thank you, uh, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me, you know, there's a statement we should learn to say to God, I have sinned, I have sinned. Uh, let me say this, we should also learn how to say that to other people as well, you know, when you say, please forgive me, you know, I, I was wrong, in essence, that's what you're learning to say, I have sinned, and, and it may not have been like you, you know, stole from somebody, but if, if there's been an offense and it, it hurt that person, admit the fault, Admit the fault. And so you see here, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Because here's the thing. Whenever all this story happened, David said, that man shall die. And he said, thou art the man. He put a death sentence on himself. But because he confessed his sin and and sought the Lord, he said, you're not going to die. And you see that God is willing to forgive. And understand this here today. If someone's offended us, we should be willing to forgive as well. Amen? There's a lesson there. But, but you see here that David was correctable immediately. He confessed his sin. When Saul dealt with Samuel, he, he beat around the bush. And he lied and, and all these different things. And you see a different spirit. And ultimately, you see that humility in David. Let's go to Psalm 51 and we'll wrap up here. Psalm number 51 here tonight. As you're turning there again, David was ethical. David was peaceable. David was honorable. David was spiritual. David was scriptural. And David was correctable. And you find here Psalm 51. We'll read this in closing prayer here tonight. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me For my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise do good and thy, um, thy good pleasure unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem, then thou shalt be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings, and with whole burnt offering, then shall they, uh, shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. David confessed sin. David was correctable. He was humble. So I want to ask us here tonight, do we want to be blessed? Um, Let's do what God blesses. Amen. Um, David did what God blessed. And I really believe that's why God blessed David. And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer.